Disney Decipher, a podcast to help you save money, time, and stress as you plan your Disney vacation. On today's episode, we continue to look at how social distancing is working at different attractions at Disney World with a look at Epcot's attractions. With a look at Epcot's attractions. Find all episodes of the podcast at DisneyDecipher.com, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, or anywhere you find podcasts. And we'd really appreciate it if you could leave us a positive review. If you'd like to support the podcast, check us out on Patreon.com slash DisneyDeciphered, where you can get bonus content and early episodes. Connect with us anytime, DisneyDeciphered at gmail.com, at www.deciphered on Twitter, or on our Facebook page, DisneyDeciphered. And if you're looking to plan a vacation, you can let me be your travel agent at no cost to you. Get started today, Joseph Chung at TravelMission.net. Thanks, and enjoy the show. Hi, I'm Joe from As the Joe Flies. And I'm Leslie from Trips with Tykes. Welcome back to Disney Deciphered. So we're continuing our look at how social distancing in queues and on actual vehicles is working in the attractions. We're moving on from Hollywood Studios, which we did in episode 142. And today we are going to be talking about Epcot, which doesn't have a lot of attractions. But, you know, Hollywood Studios was a little more straightforward. Epcot is starting to get a little more complicated. Let's start like we did with Hollywood Studios and talk about, you know, what's closed to Epcot right now. So, Leslie, what is not available at all at Epcot at the moment? Like half the park, future world, right? <laughs> but that's not uh-huh. because that's not because of COVID. <laughs> yes, that, that was already the case, yeah. So, actually, Spaceship Earth was saved. Uh, and is still open because of COVID. So. That's right. We actually have more because of COVID. No, not really. But yes, the COVID closures are, of course, the character meet and greets. And that includes Anna and Elsa and also the, sort of the smaller ones. There were a lot around World Showcase that used to be there, like Mulan and Belle. And those are all closed. Also, of course, the single rider lines are closed in Epcot as they are everywhere else. The Kidcot Fun stops are closed, and that's, you know, I know a very popular pick of a lot of families with young kids. And then finally, Turtle Talk with Crush. Have I forgotten anything, Joe? Yeah, I think that's it. You know, Turtle Talk with Crush is the only, like, true attraction. But, yeah, those Kid Cod Fun Stops are really great for younger kids. It's a way to kind of keep them engaged if you are, you know, going from country to country in the World Showcase. So it's a real bummer that uh, those are closed. And they were supposed to replace Agent P's with a new, like, DuckTales attraction. I'm not sure if it was going to be done by now, but there was supposed to be, like, a new DuckTales-type scavenger hunt in the park. You know, waiting for that. And hopefully when that comes back, at the very least, kids will have something to do because, you know, it is tough. Like, when we were kids, uh, the World Showcase was the quote-unquote boring part of Epcot. So hopefully some of that stuff comes back soon. But yeah, that's what's closed. Uh, You nailed it. The next thing we want to talk about are just kind of what are the standard practices that you can expect no matter what attraction. And so like it was with Hollywood Studios, you know, like we said, just to do a quick reminder, there's social distancing in lines and there's hand sanitizer all over the place. But, you know, with Epcot, we have some new things to add for what is a given at Epcot uh, for social distancing. So, you know, what is different at Epcot? You know, what have we added here? Epcot's got a lot of these sort of post-attraction rooms like Spaceship Earth, Journey into Imagination, and even Test Track. And those are closed or are essentially kind of like stroll through quickly. So you can't, you know, play with and touch a lot of interactive exhibits as soon as you get off those attractions. Yeah, you know, these play areas, I guess is a better way to call them, are kind of vestiges of the whole edutainment aspects of Epcot. You know, when you got off Spaceship Earth, there was like all this new technology that you could play with. And after the Imagination Pavilion, there was all this stuff that you could mess around with. But 
you know, all that stuff is closed because of COVID-19. It was getting a little outdated, but we have talked about how Epcot's evolving and they're moving more and more away from that education part of the edutainment. Um, and so these play areas being gone is a little bit sad, but you kind of understand with COVID-19 since you don't want everyone touching the same controllers or consoles and stuff. For sure. There's only so much hand sanitizer in the parks after all. All right, Joe, well, let's move on to the shows in Epcot and how they have changed at a granular level. What do you have for us first? The first type of show that we're going to talk about is the Circle Vision shows. So these are shows where it's actually standing room only and there are railings that you can lean on. These include Reflections of China and Canada far and wide. Uh, The Canada one is actually a new show that they just added like right before Um, Well, not right before, but like within the last year or so. And so Circle Vision is, it's like 360 degrees around you. You're like surrounded by screens. You stand in the middle of the room, leaning on railings. um, And then you look around like as, you know, the picture, you know, you're surrounded by the picture. Anyway, they are every other row right now. And then you're kind of naturally spaced out um, within the rows. So your railing is kind of only going to be your railing. It's not going to be shared by anyone else. And, you know, you have an entire row of space between you and other people. There are also uh, some traditional like seated shows. So what are those, Leslie? And what are the social distancing things in effect there? So you've got the show at American Adventure. You've got Awesome Planet. You've got Beauty and the Beast sing-along and Impressions de France. I don't know how my French accent was on that. Sorry, guys. And then finally you have... It's always the, French that messes us up. And then there's the Disney and Pixar's short film festival as well. So you have all of those that are seated shows. And those are operating very similarly to what's happening at Hollywood Studios with seated shows. You know, you've got, you've got rows kind of blocked off so that you're not sitting close to any party. I mean, much like all the movie theaters are operating in America, those that are operating right now. Yeah, so every other row, four seats between parties, blocked off. In general, like with Hollywood Studios, we're going to talk about whether these social distancing measures are having little to none, small, medium, or a lot of effect on, you know, your kind of wait times. But for the shows, you know, they're so big, especially like a show like American Adventure. These theaters are so big that it's really not affecting your wait time too much, especially because it's not summer anymore and people aren't like ducking in to avoid the heat. You know, you're not going to have too much extended wait time because of these things. All right, so let's move on to attractions. Now, before we get to attractions, we did want to add there is a new rule at Disney World that when you are queuing for an attraction, you can no longer eat and drink in the queue. Um, I'm not sure if they're enforcing it like only when you're the inside part of the queue or not, or they're definitely enforcing it in the inside part of the queue. I'm not sure if they're enforcing it when you're outside. But so this has changed things. People used to like kind of be able to sit in the queue and munch on something and take their mask down at that time. But there are new signs saying that uh, you can't do that. So, you know, that's kind of another given of social distancing at Disney World right now. But uh, let's get to the attractions. Let's start in the World Showcase Let's talk about the big attraction, Frozen Ever After. So what's going on there and what are our lines looking like? So with so many things closed at Epcot, I mean, Frozen Ever After is still one of the headliners. So the queue is quite long. And with social distancing, it's stretching many, many pavilions away. I mean, it's often spilling all the way to China. Definitely a queue, I guess, that will look really intimidating. And, you know, but then again, it's it's still not one of the worst queues at Walt Disney World right now, but it will look long. And 
once you get inside the attraction, you know, if you remember it, it's, it's pretty tight just being that old maelstrom queue. And so they put in a lot of plexiglass just to divide people there. They really have to, cause it's almost kind of like an old school dark ride at Disneyland in terms of how tight it can get there in some places. And then they've made a lot of modifications to the ride as well. They have plexiglass there and they're seating people every other row. Anything I missed there, Joe? Yeah, you didn't. Actually, I'm pretty impressed, Leslie, because that was breaking news today before we record this and did not even make it into our notes that they did add plexiglass to some of the boats in Frozen Ever After. So it seems like they're beta testing it right now. My guess is by the time you listen to this, plexiglass will have been installed in all the boats or maybe a week or two after you've listened to this. Um, Plexiglass will be installed in all the boats. And today was the first day we saw, we're recording this on Sunday, November 8th. You know, today's the first day we saw plexiglass installed. However, with the plexiglass, it was still every other row was being seated. But I bet you, you know, they're putting this plexiglass in just like with Rise of the Resistance so that they can load in more parties. I expect that sooner rather than later, they'll be loading every row in Frozen Ever After again, and they'll be using that plexiglass um, for that social distancing and that protection. So Leslie, it's a Sunday in November in the middle or actually in the tail end of Food and Wine with uh, Veterans Day coming up. So I took a look at the wait times throughout the day. What do you think is the longest wait time I saw at Frozen Ever After today? Okay, I'm kind of scared to guess, but I'm thinking it hit 75 minutes. How'd I do? I mean, you're pretty close. It was 75 for a lot, but for like a half hour stretch there, or like maybe an hour, it was like at 90 minutes, which kind of blew my mind. I did not see any pictures from the park today at how far the queue extended, but that's wild to me, which I guess makes sense why they want to load every single row. So as of like right now, as they're loading every other row, we think that the effect on your wait time is actually a medium, like it's a pretty decent effect on your wait time. However, when they move to loading every single row, I think the effect on your wait time, again, acknowledging that there's no Fast Pass Plus, the effect on your wait time is going to be small if they're loading every single row. You know, the only difference is that actually, you know, in the past, they didn't load you in a row with another party. So they're going to be loading that attraction the same speed that they used to once they start loading every row again. So the only mitigating factor is because there's no Fast Pass Plus, the lines are still going to be super long. That's how it goes. So let's move on to the other boat ride in World Showcase, one of your favorites, Grand Fiesta Tour. What's going on there is the ride queue is the standard queue distance stuff. And on the boat, that one is also every other row. I do not think they're going to actually install plexiglass on this one because it's just not crowded enough. So they don't need to do that. And there's a ton of plexiglass in the queue. However, the tricky thing about the Grand Fiesta Tour is that although there's not too long of a queue at the ride itself, like today, the longest I saw was 20 minutes. The crazy thing is they are limiting the number of people that actually get to go inside the Mexico pavilion, the actual pyramid itself. So the queue that you might have to wait in is outside of the pavilion. I don't know if you've seen pictures of this. Yeah, I've seen pictures and it looks uh, pretty not fun, especially back when the weather was a lot hotter. (laughs) No, thanks. You know, I think it fills up pretty quickly. So, you know, I reached out to Sam C., uh, one of our listeners and one of our patrons who was in the parks just a couple weeks ago. And I asked him whether he had seen a queue at Mexico. And he said both times he was in Epcot, he saw queues get to get into Mexico starting at noon. So, you know, he rope dropped Frozen Ever After and then went straight to Grand Fiesta Tour at like 11 a.m. when the park opened. But then by 12 noon, when he like had swung back around, there was already queued again to Mexico. So I think that's going to be the bottleneck for you if you are 
wanting to ride the Grand Fiesta Tour. It's not the queue for the ride itself. It's just the queue to get inside the actual pyramid. So I would say that, you know, that's actually a pretty significant effect on wait times if you have to wait to get into the pyramid. The line is not the line for the ride itself. The line is the line to get into the line, which 2020, this is what we're talking about here. I mean, you'd think Disney would have a new plan in place by now, given how many things they've tweaked, but... It is what it is, I guess, at the moment, but I certainly am hopeful that something will will change going forward. And I actually wonder, I wonder about the plexiglass. I mean, they're doing this on more on more rides and you think it might not be worth it, but as they increase park capacity, they might need capacity on rides like that. So remains to be seen. We will see who is right several months from now. So I was thinking about that and, you know, we're going to talk about this at Living with the Land as well. Or I guess we can move to that one next. But sorry for the tangent, folks. But like I was thinking like Grand Fiesta Tour, except for at like the most crowded times of the day, normally they're not even filling that entire boat anyway. So that's why I was thinking like maybe it's not worth adding the plexiglass because, you know, maybe it's just for like an hour stretch in the middle of the day where it's like super busy. But in general, if you're getting to Grand Fiesta Tour, and then especially if they're not letting unlimited people into the Mexico Pavilion itself, you know, maybe that line just works itself out and they try to cut some costs by not adding plexiglass there. But yeah, we will see who is correct, Leslie. All right. Well, speaking of living with the land, what do we have going on there, Joe? Yeah, so let's talk about the Land Pavilion in general. So the first thing you need to know about the Land Pavilion, so they are also limiting people to get into the Land Pavilion. However, like I've only seen people having to queue to get into the land pavilion like it's much rarer like i i saw it on you know columbus day weekend and you know i've seen it on some weekends but generally you can get in however they have arrows on like the direction that you're supposed to walk so you're supposed to only like go around the land pavilion in one direction so that's kind of one thing to note i'm going to the land pavilion that's a little different which actually i don't mind that it gets really chaotic in there. So it's not too bad to uh, have to go in one direction. But to go with living with the land itself, um, you're going to see the same plexiglass in the queue like you see both in Frozen Ever After and in Grand Fiesta Tour because there's just like a lot of switchbacks. The whole entire queue is inside. And then you're going to see the same thing we see with all the boat rides. Every other row right now and one party per row that is actually being filled. I don't think Grand Fiesta Tour is going to get the plexiglass, but Living with the land might, although, you know, later in the day it does uh, empty out. But living with the land, you know, it's next to Soren. It might see more people. The land pavilion can hold more people. So maybe it's worth it for them to put the plexiglass in there. But in general, you know, I think it's only going to, it's only having a small effect on wait times, I would say, just because, you know, you're loading every other, but like with Grand Fiesta Tour, it's not like Frozen Ever After where everyone wants to go to this attraction. So they really need to load every single boat. Like I've been on plenty of Living with Land boats where the whole thing hasn't been filled. So that's that's what I think for that one. All right. So staying in the Land Pavilion, let's talk about Soren down in the basement. <laughs> uh, they've got a distance queue as always. They have plexiglass installed in the pre-show section of the attraction. And then there's some pretty interesting stuff going on inside the theater itself. So tell us what's happening there. Yeah, it's tough to describe via audio, but I'm going to do my best to paint a picture for you. So each of the Soarin' vehicles in each of the theaters is going to have three rows. Now, within each row, they have added booster seats with plexiglass in it. So that seat with the booster plexiglass is blocked off, and then that separates parties. So they're still loading three parties per row. 
which, you know, on a normal day, you could get four to five parties per row in, like if it's like pairs or stuff like that. But you're separated by this plexiglass, which is, you know, they could remove it at any time. It's literally on a child's booster seat, like a Graco booster seat. They've just attached plexiglass. You know, they've somehow like nailed it in or something to that. So like if they took that booster seat away, they would take the plexiglass with it. But that's dividing up uh, each row. And so, you know, that separates parties. So it's limiting capacity a little bit because you can only get nine parties in a car or in a, I don't know what you call them, like, because they're like hand gliders or whatever, but you can get nine people in per thing or nine groups in per thing. But I think it's really having only a small effect. The longest, like I said, Frozen Ever After was 90 minutes today. The longest I saw at Soren was like 35. Because they have multiple theaters and they can run so many people through at a time, Soren is still going pretty well. So even though... It might be weird to have this piece of plexiglass next to you. It's still, to me, not as weird as seeing the Eiffel Tower curved. So not too bad with the effect on wait times for Soren. Fair point, fair point. And the uh, the visual is really interesting. So go go look up the pictures. I'm not really convinced that plexiglass is really doing much of anything. It looks like it It barely, does nothing. It, it barely... <laughs> It barely takes up like half the seat. Like it doesn't even really like extend out beyond the people. I don't really know what what's up with that. But yeah, no. You know. On Soren, I'm I'm feeling the safety due to the heavy airflow that's in there. You know, they blow those smells on you. They go past. You know, you know, there's a lot of air flowing. So um, I, I think you'll be okay anyway. But the plexiglass at least gives you a physical. No one can sneeze on you. It's like a sneeze guard for you. <laughs> All right, that's what we've sung to you at this point. <laughs> yes. Soren is the the buffet of Epcot attractions. (laughs) All right. Before we go any further with with these uh, visuals, let's move on to the Imagination Pavilion. What's happening over with uh, Figment and Pals? Yeah. So, you know, Figment and Pals is pretty much all systems go. There's like the queue is like pretty. There's a lot of space in there. So there's no plexiglass in the queue. You know, they're running it outside. It has to run outside. And then it's just one party per car. But these cars are like two rows. Um, so, you know, it's not having a huge effect on wait times. Um, but other than that, it's uh, pretty much all systems go. And the queues there, they have been getting longer in general. Uh, but I think that's more a function of, you know, there's just not a lot of stuff going on at Epcot right now. So, um, you know, journey into imagination with Figment, not too much to report there. Um, just general social distancing, uh, what you would expect. So let's move on to uh, Mission Space. You know, what's uh, happening at Mission Space? All right, so you got the usual plexiglass and the queue there, and they are distancing folks by seating one party per car. But, you know, with each car only being four people, the effect is pretty small on the wait times there. And if you're like me, you're probably not riding Mission Space anyway because you got vertigo. So, like, that's the one attraction that I skip at Walt Disney World. Yeah, and the wait times, like, they look long on the app, but remember, there's Mission Space Orange, which is, like, the intense version, and Mission Space Green, which is, like, the version for old people like me who does not have Vertigo but still cannot handle the orange version. And the green one, it never had super long wait times, and I think it's still the same. And, yeah, it is because each car is four people, pretty much they're loading that at full capacity, so the effects on the wait times are pretty small. Uh, Next one is the C's with Nemo and friends. Like the queue is like so long that it does not run outside that often. You know, it's that super long queue from back in the day when the C's pavilion first opened and was like crowded all the time. But now it's like you spend more time walking through the queue than you 
do like on the ride itself almost it feels like because uh, it's just like a super long space so you know the queue is distance and then they have been loading every other clamshell so every other ride vehicle but there have been some rumors that they will start loading every single ride vehicle but we'll see how that goes i mean the lines have not been that long but you know even loading every other ride vehicle the effect on weights is pretty small just because it's not a super crowded attraction to start with all right, well, let's turn to the attraction that COVID saved, the only one spaceship Earth. Tell us what's happening there in terms of distancing. Yeah, so the main thing that's happening there is one party per car, but that is has been pretty standard. Like only when things were super crowded would you ever be loaded in a vehicle with people you don't know uh, in a separate row. They have been loading every other car so that does have a decent effect, like a medium effect on wait times. But I think this is going to be the same thing. I think as things get more crowded, they're just going to start loading every single car and saying that if you're not in the car with different people, you'll be fine. So, you know, that's what we expect to happen. Spaceship Earth is one of those attractions that gets hit with one of those really long cleaning cycles because they have so many cars to clean. Um, but I think that's like the major driver of long wait times like in general unless you go to spaceship earth like at the worst times which is like kind of early afternoon or early uh when the park has opened you know by the end of the day you're not going to see long wait times for spaceship earth because everyone's already done it so that's when you should ride it regardless so let's finish off with the final attraction test track so tell us what's going on at test track leslie well the big part of the attraction which is designing your own car isn't happening. Of course, too many touch points and too many people crammed in close together. So that's kind of a bummer. You can't design your own car. So it's not the full experience. And then when you get onto the cars themselves, they're loading just one party per car right now. So the effect uh, in terms of capacity and, and you know how it affects lines is medium because you're just not filling up those vehicles the way that you could be filling up those vehicles and then of course you're not getting the full ride experience so it's kind of a thumbs down for me i don't know what about you joe yeah same i don't know what do you think if they add plexiglass to this one it's gonna change the aerodynamics when they're like rushing around outside right yeah, I'm sure there's probably extra certifications and engineering and all that good stuff that would have to be done to be put on a really fast-moving car. So uh... <laughs> Yeah, I do not know if I feel comfortable <laughs> with a piece of plexiglass in front of me when the car is going at 60 miles per hour or whatever you hit when you're going outside. So I'm thinking they're not going to add the plexiglass. Again, we would not be surprised if they start loading more parties into the vehicle but um you know because you do not have the single rider and that those cars are like two rows of three like it's really killing the efficiency on that attraction because you used to be able to slot in odd numbers of people and so even if they move to having two parties per car it's still going to be slow but right now the line is um much longer than you would be waiting at a normal time and you don't even get to design a car which is fine because my car always sucks anyway yeah mine too but you know it's still fun all right, so that's what's uh, going on at Epcot Attractions right now. So I, we, re we did reach out to some of our listeners who have been in the parks to check out their experiences. But, you know, if you have experiences with what's going on at Epcot, especially more recent experiences, please let us know. DisneyDeciphered at gmail.com, at www.deciphered on Twitter or on our Facebook page, Disney Deciphered. Data points are always super useful and helpful for us. All right, Joe, well, let's close it out with our traditional Disney do or don't. What do you have for us? All right, so my Disney do is, you know, Leslie, you and I have debated in the past, you know, which attractions are the best to rope drop at Epcot. So 
I have been following wait times throughout this week in preparation for this episode, and I can safely say that you really should rope drop Frozen Ever After or Test Track or really both because once the park's been open for like half an hour or an hour, like both of them have wait times 45 to 60 minutes consistently throughout the rest of the day. Whereas, you know, Soarin', you see it drop to like 15, 20 minutes at various times during the day. You know, everything else uh, you can get on. But, you know, if you're going to rope drop, you know, and Frozen Ever After or Test Track is on your list, start there. And, you know, if you can even do both in the first hour, you're probably going to be better off than... Uh, if you try to wait till later in the day, because without Fast Pass Plus, you know, it's kind of the best way to do it. So that's our Disney do for the week. Great tip, Jeff. All right. Well, thank you so much, everyone, for listening. Like we said, let us know if you have any experiences. But other than that, Leslie, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me. And I will see you cowering in fear that the plexiglass that they have not yet installed on Test Track is going to hit you in the face. Thanks, Joe.